Your views, your news, your limerick today with Gillian Devlin in for Joan Ash on Live 95. August is craft month and one beautiful craft associated with the county is Limerick Lace. It was worn by everyone from Queen Victoria to Countess Markovich. When John F. Kennedy visited Ireland in 1963, he was presented with a Limerick Lace christening robe. Tonia O'Malley is a lace maker offering her skills to teach the delicate craft and she's with us this morning. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, Jane. How are you? I'm good now. Uh, Limerick lace, Tony, it's a specific class of lace that began here. So tell us what makes it different. Um, what makes it different is that we, we work on a pre-made net to make grounding, to make our lace. Our lace is really um, a very type of fine net that we use and we put very, very fine embroidery stitches onto this net as opposed to Kenmare lace, Yaw lace, lace um, any of the French laces, the Alonson lace, they make their ground as they go along. Irish crochet, which is known and loved all over the world, they make motifs and then they gather it together, the motifs to make the piece. So we would start with a pre-made bobbin net and we would make our stitches onto that, which is part of the reason that Limerick lace is so fine and so delicate. It was a, that's the easiest way. And, and it was a really big industry here at one time. How important was it to the county? It was a huge industry here, um, both in uh, factories, in Reverend Walker's factory where he started in Mount Kenneth, um, and in the convent, in the Good Shepherd convent, and the different outhouses that where people would do homework. And they reckon that at the height of the the really bad times in Limerick, because Limerick is known as the, the city of wars, um, we've had plagues and famines and all sorts of things down through the centuries. But each girl that learned to make Limerick lace kept at least four people out of the poorhouse, which was the most dreaded thing at the time. And how difficult is it to to master the skill? Um, well, if you're very young and you have great eyesight... Um, That's it's... me out, so on two counts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually it isn't. Um, it's, it's like everything else. It's like carpet making or any other skill. If you're doing it when you're young and you learn it when you're young, it becomes automatic muscle reflex. Yeah. Um, but there, it's not witchcraft. There's no sorcery in it. The moon doesn't have to be in the right place. If you can see a piece of net and a needle and thread, then you can make a beautiful heirloom for your family or something for you to wear for yourself. And do, um, how many people are, you know, have this as a hobby now? Um, well, for over 40 years, I've been teaching it at home and abroad. In the last few years, since 2014, the Limerick City of Culture really started it off again. We had an amazing venue with Bring Out Your Lace. Then we had, which we got to see some beautiful pieces that would never have been seen if they hadn't been, if that hadn't taken place, if that event hadn't taken place. Um, so we have all those catalogues now. Um, we also have a beautiful donation of um, lace from a lady who brought lace forward in Limerick. Um, 
Lady Debeer O'Brien, and we have her collection of Limerick Lace donated to the Limerick Lace Museum by her granddaughter, Veronica Rowe. And at the end, I'll tell you about another exciting event coming up. But as far as people in Limerick doing it now, there, there's my group, um, Limerick Lace Ladies. You have the Pennywell Lace Makers, who are an amazing group of lace makers. You have the Raheem Lace Makers, and there's a group of lace makers in my Ross. Now, I personally have taught in Limerick in the past few years between 40 and 50 um, ladies who make lace of varying pieces. Um, they're not all, you know, huge big veils and that kind of thing, but some of them are and they're exquisite. Um, some ladies just want to know the techniques to make small pieces. Um, so it is something that is, an, it's, thankfully, it's an ongoing um, process today and I'm, I'm proud to say that there are classes going on all over Limerick. Where did you learn it yourself, Tony? I'm one of the lucky ones. I used to go in once a week to the Good Shepherd Convent when I was very small and that's where I learned it and I went in there for the bones of four and a half years and I am grateful to Sister Agnes and to the rest of the people that I met in there who took me under their wing, as well as other girls um, who weren't staying in the convent, went in in later years to do um, crafts to learn the skill. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. And you mentioned you're teaching at 40 years and you talk a lot about ladies. I'm just curious, have, have any men ever taken this up? I do know of a couple of men. I don't know them personally, um, but I do know a couple of men. But it's like in all of these things, um, the women would do the hard work and the men would do the making of the money, the supplying of the, the, the net and the thread, and they would pick up the pieces that were made and then they would take them on and um, sell them on to the wholesalers. Canucks and Todd's did at one stage have their own lay school and Canucks was quite um, a distinguished one. Um, and I don't know the history of Todd's, but I, I know a bit more about Canucks. And uh, they produced their own as well. But it's like with all of these crafts, they would have been produced by um, young girls. In a lot of cases, they, they in all cases, they were never paid what they were worth. But in a lot of cases, the working conditions would have been really bad. And many of them went blind um, at a quite young age. And many of them, unfortunately, because of the famine, they left the country on coffin ships, which unfortunately we still have today. Um, so they would have taken their skills and their techniques and their patterns abroad to America, Canada, Australia. So, But there are, because there's such a, a resurgence, in crafts and I, I have to say that the Design and Craft Council of Ireland are doing an amazing job. They've had an amazing August um, but because of people like the Design and Craft Council all these crafts are being brought to the fore again. So even in countries like Australia I can go to a museum in Australia and I can see pieces of Limerick Lace that wow. were made in, in Australia by girls who went out on those ships at that time. So I've, I've been asked, how do I look back on Limerick Lace, you know, because it was so poor and it was this, that and the other. I'm hugely proud 
of the girls that kept their families from the poorhouse and how do I look forward on it? I, with great optimism, because there are so many people taking an interest in it and wanting to learn it just to make something as an heirloom to pass down to their families and their friends if they really love them. And what, um, what kind of things do they choose to make that might be an heirloom? Thing, are, are, are they things like a christening robe or a wedding veil or something like that? Did, didn't Kate Middleton have lace in her wedding outfit? Yes, Kate Middleton had applique um, lace, which was uh, made in England and made in France. Um, and it would be the same techniques as Limerick lace that were made with Kate Middleton's dress. It was made in motifs and then stitched onto the nest. But the, the, the motifs would have been made with the same techniques on net that we use in Limerick Lace. It was just, it's, it's a dip, when you're putting things onto a garment, it's a different shape. You don't just make a yard of, of fabric and cut it up into the pattern. The motifs have to be placed so they're made separately and then you put them onto the pattern and that's how it's done. But it's, essentially it was Limerick Lace, Cogashell Lace, which is where Limerick Lace originally comes from, they tell us. Limerick lace is actually in, in two techniques. Uh, one is called needle run, which is very like embroidery and it's done with needle and thread. And the other one is called tambour. And that's done on a hoop as needle run is or a frame, but it's done with a crochet hook that has an attitude. It has a really, really sharp hook. And it's basically um, a crochet stitch and it's called tambour because when you flick the frame with the fabric on it, it should be as tight nearly as a drum. Okay. Yeah. And the, the both techniques are equally beautiful. And getting the materials to do this, how difficult is that? Um, getting the material has been um, quite difficult down the years, especially since places like the convent and many of the specialist shops have closed down um, but at the moment, you have um, stalwarts in Ireland that I know of, like Nora Finnegan in Kenmare. She has the Lace Craft Centre in Kenmare, and she sells all the supplies. Um, I can um, I can get the supplies as well and sell them if anybody wants them. Um, a lot of them, because it's a specialised technique, and it's only coming back into um, common knowledge, shall we say. Um, sometimes they are a bit difficult to get, but they're not impossible to get. As I said, Nora has a great supply in Kenmare. Tony, if somebody's listening and they're, you know, they want to, to make one of these heirlooms, as you say, and learn the, the craft of Limerick lace making, how can they go about that? Um, well, they can contact the Rahim group, they can contact the Pennywell group, they can contact my group. Um, we will be starting classes again in September. Um, so if they contact me through the, the radio station or we have a, a website in these magical days of virtual everything, um, we have. they can contact us through the Friends of Limerick Lace and limericklace.ie. Yeah, and I think September's often a time people take up new hobbies, so it's a good time for it. Yes. Yeah, you had an event yes. at the weekend, did you, at the Old Franciscan Friary as well? We we had an amazing event. We had uh, another Bring Out Your Lace, which was hugely successful. Again, we got to see some beautiful pieces that might never have seen the light of day. 
Um, and so we got to, to see those and to talk to people about their stories and, you know, to tell us wh- who made them and when they made them and how many times they were worn. One christening robe was worn 37 times in a family, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, and then at the end of it, we had, uh, on Saturday, we had a workshop in Limerick Museum. And I would encourage anybody to go into Limerick Museum and see our exhibition of lace. And we're lucky in Limerick at the moment now because we think we have one of the biggest collections of Limerick lace in the world because we have all pieces that have been donated from Veronica Rowe and and other pieces. And Limerick people have been donating their pieces from around the world as well. And in this coming November, we are really um, excited we will be putting on display um, Maud Carney who was a Limerick woman who made lace as a business into the 1950s and her family and I'm really sorry but her her family's name Randall is her great great grandson Um, and they will be donating they have donated um, Maud Carney's beautiful collection and that will be going on display in at the end of November in the Limerick um, museum. Fantastic. It's a, it's a fabulous it will be museum. On display until December, the yeah. end of December, I think. Yeah, and it's um, right right here on our doorstep in the city centre. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. fantastic place. But Tony, you're doing great work. Thank you very much. I would recommend anybody who wants to know the history of Limerick Place, I would recommend the definitive book written on Amazing Lace by Dr. Matthew Potter. Oh, of um, course, a, re- a friend of the show here, uh, a yes, regular here yes. on Limerick today. Tony O'Malley, thank you so much for sharing uh, all that information about Limerick Lace on Limerick today this morning. I'm sorry, and I was so nervous. I know, you're fine. You've done very well. Didn't didn't even pick up on that at all. Um, listen, we'd love to hear more from you. We might have you back on in November when, when that uh, new display goes on uh, exhibition at the Limerick Museum. But for this morning, Tony, thanks for joining us on Limerick Today. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today.